Welcome to Believer Readers to Let's Read Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the PaceBot Patreon Podcast Network. The PaceBot Patreon Podcast Network is home to many great podcasts, and one that might interest you would be discussion about Medicare for those older adults who might be wondering about their future. Ah, uh, that's, that's interesting. Um, let me hear about this health insurance. Tune in to We'll Have to Find a Cheaper Solution. That's right, each week we follow the story of a nephew who moves his aunt from the hospital down to assisted living, then to just being housed in a wealthy neighborhood with a rat in the backyard, and then to a poor neighborhood with rats in the house. That's We'll Have to Find a Cheaper Solution on the PacePot <laughs> Patreon uh, Podcast Network. That's That certainly sounds cheaper, James B. Eddie, you might not be as excited about that podcast, but on this podcast, we have a returning guest that should make up for it. Ah, that's right, James B. Returning to join us is our favorite artist. Sorry, Jim Mooney. It's Alexia Lalonde. We are overjoyed to have you return. I'm so excited to be here, um, especially for those of you who recall, my last digs was my apartment in crime-ridden Hartford, Connecticut. So I was interrupted by sirens, but that's not my situation anymore at my new job. I am currently in a designed for podcast sound booth. So wow. even though you can hear me perfectly, no one can hear me scream. <laughs> Are you trying to be more professional than us, uh, Alexia? Is that what's happening? Maybe a little bit. I'm also terrified of the building at night. <laughs> so I'm just hiding right, in the well. podcast room. But hopefully if there's a lurker, they do away with me because currently I don't have health insurance. You have so much in common with Aunt May, Alexia. They could just finish the job. <laughs> I can't afford any reconstructive well, Alexia, surgery at this point. Well, Alexia, since you've moved up in the world, we've moved you up from the annuals, which is the lowest form of our podcast, <laughs> to Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, which is one half measure above. So from August of 1978, Honored. Stan Lee presents Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man 21, still crazy after all these years, written by Bill Mantlo, art by Jim Mooney and Mike Esposito. Also, Jim Shooter did some eight-legged editing. Uh, the Scorpion has awakened out of a slumber in the sewer. He blames J. Jonah for all his problems and goes after him. The White Tiger's secret identity, Hector Ayala, is exposed to the public. His girlfriend, Holly, doesn't think it's funny, and she ditches him. Uh, Peter has an awkward interaction with MJ in this book, which keeps him from paying attention to any of his classes for the rest of the day. In the latter half of this book, we finally see Scorpion gaining strength and battling Spidey. The Scorpion is eventually defeated. Uh, Spidey rips his Scorpion's mask off and it sends sanity into Scorpion's mind. At the very end, J. Jonah shakes his fist at Spider-Man in his classic ungrateful manner. <laughs> we get a reminder in here as to why Peter is continuing to keep his secret identity. Poor Hector, he gets exposed. If he had learned anything from the Hector situation that just occurred, he would have figured out that girls want one thing and it's disgusting. And it's not to be singled out for having a superhero boyfriend. I'm on Team Holly here. After Hector is revealed as a superhero, there's no more this Holly in that totally situation. This is totally shocking to me. For real? You think Holly's in the right mind here to be like, oh, I don't want a superhero boyfriend. Like she gives, gives you the best argument I right mean, here. Like, she doesn't want to find my boyfriend laid out on a cold morgue slab. 
I mean, okay, all right, maybe this is not like a long-term relationship because Holly's looking far into the future, but like, how much fun would it be like, hey, show me how you do some backflips or <laughs> punch through that brick wall just for fun. I want to see that. Okay, all right, I hadn't taken that into consideration. Right? How much fun would this, are we like, hey, pick me up and climb me up that fire escape, no problem. But then you never win an argument it's again. It's date. like, babe. It's okay that I drink out of the carton of orange juice directly because you can't do this punches through a wall. Maybe you'll get a little bit of my super orange juice power. <laughs> but yeah, there's just no winning after this. Like, I don't know. I, I feel like we're both kind of right on this one, actually. Long term, I agree with you. Short term, I do not. It, it seems like nothing could be more fun than to have a superhero boyfriend. In the, in the short term. But with the short term thing is important. Eddie, do you want a superhero boyfriend? <laughs> I would totally take a superhero boyfriend. <laughs> Me and Hector. Right, I'll see I'll see if I can find you one. I'll work on <laughs> it. But also that just, you know, in the short term, you'll have to dump him. And I can't imagine anything worse than dumping a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> who, was, who was your last boyfriend? Sorry, Eddie. Dump the white tiger. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You got me. Alexia, can you get us into our next book? Of course. From September of 1978, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number 22, By the Light of the Silvery Moon Night, by Mantlo Pencils, by Mike Seck and Inc., by Bruce D. Patterson. The Magia is eliminating stoolies who talk to cops when Moon Knight shows up, but he doesn't save the squawking stoolie, unfortunately for him. Uh, later on, Peter endures an awkward date with Betty, while at his apartment, Flash is enjoying his time with Shawshan. Uh, on a roof nearby, Hector, who recently, as discussed, had his secret identity exposed, is upset because his <laughs> girlfriend has left him. Um, Spidey runs into Moon Knight while trying to stop a robbery. As the obligatory hero battle ends, a desperate plea from a Magia Stooley results in Cyclone showing up and sending the hero's heads spinning. That's my short summary for this book, Alexia. Um, we are getting some distinctly different art by Mike Zeck and Bruce D. Patterson on page two. Did you take a look at this at all? I did. Okay, this ahead. is unusually sophisticated artwork. On page two, um, we see some very dramatic lighting. The way that the the first frame at the top, we see... The cornered stoolie. The cornered stoolie, thank there. you. The cornered stoolie, <laughs> the villains, the, the robbers behind the headlights of the car, and you have this sort of sunburst emanating through the headlights, which is, I wouldn't call that a something I've seen a lot from Mike Seck in previous panels. Um, just lighting and motion lines is not usually something I associate with him. Whatever this, what is, what is being thrown to the wall? That's Moon Knight's Crescent Moon, but the panel before that is the one that struck me where the stoolie has his hand over top of the, his eye, and it's like his eye is open because the lights are so bright for his other eye. I, I just find this to be some real advanced consideration because bright lights are on him, so he can't open his eye unless his hand is shielding it so that he can see kind of the people that are looking at him. And this playing with like light and shadows. There's a lot of dramatic lighting. and It's interesting on the top panel too. I don't know if you notice on the side of his face that is closest to us, but we have stippling, which is a form of shading in which we use little dots, um, which yes. appears literally nowhere else on this page. 
and some cross hatching in the back, which is also not hatching. The distinction is hatching is uh-huh. uh, line shading in one direction, whereas cross hatching, you get s- multiple directions to create almost like a um, hashtag effect. Combine that gotcha. with the s- starbursts of the lights, we see like four different types of shading in here. But the Ooh. stippling is the most striking because initially I even thought it was maybe a burn. Um, on his face because oh, we don't see it in the following yeah, panels. Yeah. But I guess he wanted mm-hmm. to show that there was fill light coming maybe from uh, our side. Coming from off the wall. Or, yeah. or maybe it would have Reflecting just simply been too dark of a panel if he had committed to the oh, to the black. So interesting choices. Yeah. Some experimentation. I'm I'm for it. I'm into it. Okay. Me too. I totally. I you know, there's definitely an evolution in the illustration of Spider Man, these various Spider Man books going on. The other thing I was struck by in this book, we have two pretty happy couples and one really unhappy one. There's a lot of discussion of these couples. Are you down with this? I mean, I believe that inside every superhero story is a rom-com just trying to escape. You can't have this apex patriarchal figure without the a, a traditional... I can't, a woman in a traditional like, woman war. Literally, Shawshan is sa- handing Flash a sandwich and a drink while he's at his table. <laughs> I mean, what could be more patriarchal than that? And just all your male uh, characters have muscles like and are protectors. I don't know why I, when I said muscles, it was a little German. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I feel like that you just need to have that traditional woman's role. Like, I don't think it was this issue praising Mary Jane. Yeah, I think it was in 21. And he's just saying like, oh, you take such good care of my aunt's place. (laughs) And she's like, I hope that's not the only reason you came here. Like, (laughs) great character Uh, development. (laughs) She had a thought that deviated (laughs) from that. Eddie, one thing I want to throw in here is that we have been complaining for, you know, 20 or so issues that Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, never features secondary characters and we've had a good two books in a row now where all of a sudden the secondary characters are all over the place there's a lot of them incredible amount and you know this is this is more your specialty in here james b if if you feel like talking about the various couples going on i gotta agree a little bit it's a little overdone i'll wait till the next book i'll chime in how's that great alexia what's our next book from october of 1978 peter parker the spectacular spider-man number 23 guess who's buried in grant's tomb by mantlo mooney and esposito spidey and moon knight can't find their footing when fighting cyclone remember that's where we left them at the end of the previous book they both disappear in battle and cyclone celebrates his victory by killing the magius Dooley who called him for help actually eddie that's the person who spider-man is trying to question and moon knight is trying to kill so the whole oh. battle's been over this one guy and in the end cyclone kills him true yeah because he could fair enough mj misses her tiger almost as much as betty misses her ned hector is hassled by his family as holly is remorseful that she has left Hector. All right, so this is this is my area, so I'll jump in again. Totally different vibe here. In the Amazing Spider-Man storyline, Eddie, that you and I have been kind of doing concurrently, yes. you know, MJ is completely gone. Betty is super into Peter. But here, the writers must have, like, a, a note that says, hey, Betty's going to be hanging around. Uh, her and Peter are going to have a little fling, and they'll be over in, you know, a year. But they're approaching completely different ways because in this these books, Betty is has a lot of remorse and thinks about Ned and MJ's around. It's just a very different vibe. 
I gotta say, I'm really happy to see MJ because when I read those amazings, I was like, well, you can hear me <laughs> very upset. Uh, well, Spidey and Moon Knight end up teaming up and crash a big Magia get together. There, they defeat Cyclone, and we see a smidgen of Big M, but not enough for him to be caught or for us to really figure out who he is. This book in the middle here, not a lot going on. I do know in the notes I can see that it looks like uh, Alexi's got something to say about the next book. Well, I'm going to do the intro for the next books because it looks like she's hey. going to jump in right away. So from November of 1978, Peter Parker, this protective Spider-Man 24, Spider-Man Night Fever, written by Bill Mantlo, art by Frank Springer, and uh, apparently there's no inker here, so it's all Frank Springer. What'd you think, Alexia? Just at first glance, this is so splotchy. No shade on Fran- Frank Springer, but it looks like someone was operating outside of their wheelhouse. It looks like someone who would expect ink to behave like a pencil. Just to be clear, you're referring to the cover or the splash panel here? The splash page. panel. And just to be clear, when you say no shade and then you completely trash the guy, that is shade, right? <laughs> well, it's for his lack of shading. Ooh, bad joke. There we go. That's what I'm talking about. Eddie, Eddie, why don't we do the summary real quick, and then she can come back and and keep ridiculing this guy. Uh, Peter breaks up a fight on the subway, only to head home and find a surprise party thrown by Betty, Shawshan, Flash, Gloria, Liz, and Harry. No MJ, even though she was around. Okay. Uh, They suit up the aspirating scientist and take him to the disco, where he exudes squareness. Thankfully... Hypno Hustler, the act for the night, hypnotizes the crowd with his tune called Sweet Surrender. <laughs> Spidey easily dispatches the Bootsy Collin knockoff and everyone wakes up. <laughs> That's all I've got to say about this book. <laughs> Summary, really not very much happened. Been a while since I've seen or listened to some Bootsy Collins. Shame. You know, he's back in style right now. Have we seen Bootsy? Is he really? I stayed at a <clears throat> boutique hotel, and the wallpapering was just Bootsy Collins' face. And I was like, now this is my kind of room. I'm, a, I'm excited here because I've been making references with you in Spider-Man things for years, and, well, okay, for two years. But usually I have a comment you have no idea what I'm talking about. I have no idea who Bootsy Collins is at all. <sighs> just he's. Hold on for a second. Listeners, I want you all to just... Make a decision. Do you know Bootsy Collins or not? Okay, go ahead, Eddie. God, how could you not? He's so iconic to this era. I, he would be the guy that's got like the oh man, the high heels on with the fish swimming around inside. Okay. <laughs> He's a bass player. <laughs> he is like the bass player for Parliament, P Funk, like George Clinton, those all those guys. But like this, this was my real first pop music that I listened to. That I was like now. This this I can gel with because these bass lines that Bootsy lays down along with some of the other guys in his era, you know, like Graham Central Station. Oh, man, I was just like, this this is good stuff. Well, I can picture him. I didn't know there was only one person who had the fish in there, you know, in the big. Uh, no, the, there's coat not. But, and, you know, I know that stuff. If you look up Bootsy Collins, like this guy, he is underdressed for Bootsy Collins, the <laughs> hypno hypno hustler. Bootsy's he wears these star glasses always in a big old cowboy hat. And he's got, you know, heels on and sequins everywhere. Alexi, I'm sorry that in the beginning I didn't give you much of a chance to do some of the artwork. I just wanted to make sure we got through our summary. But you want to tell us a little bit more about uh, how, what you saw when you look in Hypno Hustler and everything else there? The salvation for our boy Springer here is the color. 
uh, because it really gets that nails that disco vibe. Are you referring to the cover at the beginning, right? I was just generally talking about if you would like okay. a specific example. Oh, you don't have to give us a specific one. I just wondered if there was a spot I could really look at. Well, I'm looking at page 11 okay. with that treatment of the disco scene. Correct me if I'm wrong, but unusual to see like a crowd where that's not centered around a terribly violent fight. <laughs> like they're just kind of existing. It's been a while we've had so many characters very detailly drawn in one spot. I mean, everybody's there. Peter in his John Travolta suit too, right? So Yeah, and there's just like very shiny, like great for this artist who doesn't love nuanced shading. We have the shiny fabric where you can justify that sort of thing. Although we do see some stippling here too. The, the color in these panels is just much more than I've seen, especially for a whole bunch of people. So props to them. That's still splotchy. That's what I got as the most interesting thing out of this book, <laughs> the colors and illustrations, because the Hypno Hustler, as much as I do love a good Bootsy Collins, and we know that Spider-Man's weakness is being hypnotized, uh, this fight is like, what, four panels, and he just he clocks them, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> End book. I also do love the page three kind of Rick Astley color palette. <laughs> like in these like lavenders and blues and that neon explosion is that what's going on here uh, the bottom left panel uh, well he's fighting in the dark so he waited till the subway train went through a tunnel and then i guess the lights went out because it's hopping off the track because it's the new york subway <laughs> a little bit then he goes at it so we get we get the pink to help us remind us that it's not daylight and peter can go fight people there's a That's lot of different ways where that could have been handled. Like, if this were Frank Miller, it would have been a lot darker. And he probably wouldn't even have tried to make... Like, I see why we chose the colors, but we could have just had highlighted people against a straight-up black background or dark gray. Your artistic interpretations are appreciated as always. Got anything else to say about these books? <clears throat> I'll jump in with one thing. I noticed that he runs into MJ at this function. We Again, we have all these people, which gets me happy because that was the purpose of creating this book to have the secondary characters. But yes. our good friend Holly, Holly Gillis, is there. She is now part of the crew. Like, she's walking around with... She is. So that means, and, and please, you know, take the other side, that if she was still in good terms with Hector... Hector would be hanging out with Peter and be like a friend of Peter. Now he'd, he'd finally have Correct. a superhero friend. That would be the case. Unbelievable. So close. Jeez. He almost had a superhero squad. He almost had a friend. He just doesn't have any friends. Better superheroes ever. Like, you, you know, I can't hang out with the people. Just a lot of random people that keep showing up. I told you, they're egotistical. Impossible to date. <laughs> well, there are many teams, <laughs> such as when we do Marvel team up, although everyone has to fight at first. Speaking of egos, Alexia. Oh. If people wanted to contact you to tell you how much they enjoyed your excellent art perspective to make your ego feel really good, because I enjoyed it, how could they reach out to you? Oh, I thank you for the free dopamine release, James V. But for more, you can find me on Instagram at studio underscore alala, S-T-U-D-I-O underscore A-L-A-L-A. That sounds great. And Eddie, if somebody wanted to reach out to you to tell you what a great job you did bring on, Alexia, how could they find you? Email us anytime at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com. Is that where you can find James B, too? You could. Also, of course, you can find either of us or any of us. <laughs> Let's be honest. I'm the one checking the oh, emails yeah, anyway. Sure. So, <laughs> I'm Eddie, joined by... Alexia. And... 
James B. And Let's Read Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man is a division of Let's Read Spider-Man, a proud member of the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. The PacePot Patreon Podcast Network is home to many great podcasts, and one that might interest you would be a way to stop smoking and other bad habits. James B., tell me about this wonderful podcast. Sure. Uh, Join our host each week as he robs people of the disgusting habit of smoking, robs people of the nasty habit of biting their nails, and robs people of their belongings in Do As I Say, featuring Hypno Hustler twice a month on the PacePot Patreon Podcast Network. Bootsy Collins in there. To prevent me from doing all my terrible things almost sounds appealing, but agreed. Not at all, James B. <laughs> Goodbye. 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 In book 21, the first one we read today, uh-huh. there's a lot of kissing for people who are not getting engaged. Like, he hooks up with her, starts making out with her. She tells him, I'm not going to not gonna get engaged to you. He starts making out with her again. I'm like, wow. Betty, but, I think she's just a mess. It's just a Not Betty. This is Mary Jane, Eddie. Oh, really? Yeah, he's making out with Mary Jane in book one? 21, before and after. He makes out with her. She shoots him down. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And then yes. she starts making out with him again. Well, hopefully no one's making out with Cyclone. Have you counted the teeth in his maw on page two of 23? <laughs> <laughs> Look at all those teeth. How many are there? A zillion. There's a zillion teeth. <laughs> all right. I'm going to count them for you, Lexi. You ready? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19 on the top.